I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging? Yeah, that's it, mate. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abinelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Board Breakdown podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana and... Elliot, and it's been an eventful week, guys. It's been an eventful week indeed. Uh, Mills withdrew yesterday, one all to Tony Mowbray's Blackburn Rovers. And also, we signed two players on deadline day. And um, obviously, a few players went on loan as well, but more of that later on. Guys, we're going to chat um, about Blackburn first. Elliot, I must say, you are very bronze from your two week break with Rudy Gustet in the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to start off with you, though. 1-1 yesterday, the first half wasn't particularly great. Um, Blackburn are a really physical side. Um, they do make it very difficult uh, for you to play against. Um, but do you think Millsborough were a bit lucky to get the one point yesterday? Or do you think they could have snatched all three? How do you really assess it? We could have snatched all three. We probably should have done if um, really said got that header on target. It was very reminiscent of the miss against Swansea in the Premier League I was getting war flashbacks from it to be honest but no it was a it was a strange game because first half we were really poor there was just no creativity in our midfield at all and I, I felt after about 20 minutes that we were desperately missing Patrick Roberts and there was a massive onus on Tav to be the creative spark in Borough's midfield and it just didn't happen and very stop-start game very scrappy typical championship affair really um, just didn't really get going didn't really find any any rhythm and yeah, we we were missing missing Roberts. We just there were so many poor performances um, in the first half, and the, the, yeah, they needed to kick up the backside in the second. But to answer your question, were we were we lucky to get a point? Were we unlucky not to get all three? I think we were probably in the end unlucky to, not to get all three because we did have them um, on the ropes at the end of the game. We just couldn't finish our dinner, unfortunately. We well, the, only, <laughs> the dinner you had was your curry and chips. I did looked, best part of the game, honestly. Looked, looked delightful. Best part of the game. I always say that. If Borough lose, it's fine as long as I get Korean chips. It's fine. <laughs> so imagine if Johnny Wood came out on the, the, uh, the uh, press conference. So Johnny, I just think how it went. 
Ah, uh, well, you know what? We we had a poor game today, but uh, the chefs made some Korean chips and I just thought it was absolutely <laughs> delightful, to be honest. They've actually started selling Korean chips on the ground now, Dana. I don't know okay. if you've seen them. Oh, they'll be crap. Don't that do it. Quite quite a good portion size, though, compared to, don't do compared it, to normal. Oh, they'll be about 5.50, though, won't they? Probs, yeah. Mm. <laughs> For cold, cold chips and curry, probably. Exactly. Why would you want that when you can go to a perfectly good chip van outside? The Mackham. Best thing is to go from the Sunland. Yeah, it is. The Mac- it's called, is it called the Mackham? It's, it's easy, mm. Mackham that does it, but it's great. Yeah. Unreal. Johnny goes there, so he knows I thought stuff. you used to go to the same one as me, the one of the seller sweets as well. Don't be so stupid. I thought that's where you got Who your... Who do you think I am? Curry and pork <laughs> and stuffing and too many things that consist ah, of match Well, day. to be fair, mate, like... Diarrhea. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? Right, so... Sorry if anyone's eating any food. I think it's it's stupendous, and I don't mind where... Superb. It's superb. Um... I don't know, I'm just on real food, to be fair. I'd rather go outside than go in the borough grounds. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, just I, w- I would agree with that. Hey, just, I'd agree with that. Just run out there. Just run out there. Just, just um, sorry, else. <laughs> you, you're looking at me. So how, how was your Caribbean food, mate? Did you have a nice little break? Yeah, I, I don't know where the story's originated from. Um, <laughs> definitely wouldn't be going away with Rudy Gusted. Um But no, obviously, last week uh, I had a friend uh, visiting from the Czech Republic, so I showed him the, the cultural delight of Middlesbrough. Did he have a palm um, He did, yes. Enjoy it? He enjoyed it, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I was going to so, say, if he didn't like it, I would have. That was basically it. Like It was just palm and the, the trip was over. I was like, you might as well go back home now, mate. Well, that's um, <laughs> Pally Park, and that's about it. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was... Um, is that a good we we got a tour of the um the riverside on on nice. Monday. Um I'd find it. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Um yeah, it was really good. Uh yeah. We got it for free from the RFC Foundation, so thanks for that guys. Um Very but yeah, nice. obviously we, we didn't have the game what we wanted to go to with the Birmingham game because it got pushed to the Tuesday before, so um yeah, overall good weekend though. So in terms of Borough though, this on uh, Saturday. I'm not gonna lie that the first forty five was brutal. Um, is there anyone that you thought should have been dragged off at half time? Do you think someone should change? How could how do you really assess that first half, and how did you assess the game as well? Um, in terms of changing many things, I don't. Obviously, what we did in the end was just throw more strikers to to the cause to try and go for the win. But I think it was weird, kind of seeing Britain in that position, sort of out wide, um, trying to play that role. And I think the player that, the player that you want to try and come on is obviously Patrick Roberts or. Um, or Ravel Morrison because we were missing sort of a creative spark in those positions really. So I think um it was always gonna be that um power really in terms of in terms of creativity. We were relying desperately on, on Tav. Um but I thought the addition of um Hayden Colson obviously we'll, we'll come on to him as well separately, but um he him and Spence together create an awful lot. Um so yeah, I think I think just overall we need to get find a maybe a consistent 11 now that we've kind of got um we've came out of having cup games and back um out of christmas and so on and we're gonna have like kind of a um a tight-knit schedule it's gonna be kind of find your best players now um and try and build a bit of momentum and form and, and develop your players so mm, i thought yeah, i thought it was good of woodgate to switch to a back four yeah. um yesterday because we just we didn't have any control in midfield. I thought the midfield yesterday was really poor. I thought if you're going to play Lewis Wing, for me you have to have Clayton behind, yeah. because for Lewis Wing to have defensive responsibilities, it's it just doesn't match with his game. No, no. He's the type of, like he's not a a holding player in in any sense, and I just felt as though he was a headless chicken at times. And yeah, obviously he had the opportunity, which eventually fell to to Coulson, but just. 
him and, and Savile, I thought Savile was, was okay, but for me, Lewis Wing was, was quite poor. I think, I think he's almost becoming how we tried, how we've described Savile, um, of like what is his best position. And we seem to think it was obviously a, a central attacking midfield position, but we're not going with that based on obviously the, the nature of the squad, either when we were playing that 4 3 3 or, or now. Um, I don't think he could do what Robertson and, and Tav were doing, so I think. He's he's better when it is a midfield three, and he's one of the the two that's not a holding. But we're, we're not playing that currently, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you that, especially for their goal. I don't know how it, it just seemed to just bypass everyone. Yeah, he did. The, the ball like the ball sort of got cleared, and then it was kind of like they went from the halfway line to inside our box within about four seconds. I was like, how did that I just know. happen? It was weird, wasn't it? I think you, there's a few players poor in that. Yeah, sorry, I, was, I was going to say, speaking of poor, do you think Ainsley Pears could have done a lot better with the effort? Because for me, when I've seen the goal back, he's very he just stands on his line he, yeah. and he didn't anticipate the yeah, reverse the, pass, which yeah. I thought was blatantly obvious. It was, it was. I mean, it wasn't a shot that was right in the corner of the net. You know, it, at least from what I can remember, I don't think I've watched the goal back on the highlights. But I was thinking at the time, you know, could Ainsley Pears have done better with that? Yeah, I think the run. Um, I maybe you'd see it from a different angle when you're down there on the pitch, but like that run from Lewis Travis was like, right, well, it's clearly going back to Lewis Travis here, and it got to him, and you thought, well, he, he's going to score this. There were just um, loads of players that were standing there and yeah, watching him. Yeah, it was weird. Walk it was almost them, like the um, past them even. the Charlton gate when Karanka walked out, and do you remember that that goal at the squad, and everyone just seemed to sort of stand around, and mm. I was like, well, why is no one reacting? Um, yeah, it was, it was a almost really, really like that. Goal to concede. So uh, there wasn't many people who were. That really impressed me yesterday. Um, obviously, we've, we've all mentioned it, Hayden Coulson. Um, how influential was he yesterday? Uh, I think when he came on, I think I think Maddo gave him man of the match in the end um, for for his performance and his, his first goal for the club as well. Um, do you think maybe further up the pitch could potentially be his position yeah, well, as well? He came on and I was trying to work out what had happened at first because I was thinking, because he, he was almost like right wing or right wing back and I was thinking, what's happening? And then he kind of switched over again. He was left back and Johnson was ahead of him. And then he, he sort of had that chance of, of the goal and the, then the switch and he became the left winger then. Um, and he, he was so dangerous going forward. He was just running at players. Um, and it because like it hadn't happened, yeah, it did, because it hadn't happened at that point until the game. Blackburn were like, okay, we don't have to deal with this because he, he was just running at people. Um, That's what we needed because, so. in my opinion, I didn't feel as though Spence had his best game um, attacking-wise and defensively yesterday, but... Coulson forced the issue, you know, we were really lacking that creativity and it's good trying to put as many strikers on the pitch as you possibly can, but if you don't have that creativity, then there's really no point. Um, and Coulson gave us that creativity, gave us that little spark and that was his first Borough goal as well. And I mean, to be honest, he couldn't really have missed it. Although, we have missed a lot of those chances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if he had actually, but... Um, yeah, we for me we should have we should have won that game. First half was obviously was poor from Borough, but the second half we we grew into it more, and and towards the end we we had them under the caution. We we probably should have won the game. But another another point on that and kind of formations and people maybe not knowing the best positions and stuff. I was looking at the sort of average positions for for the game overall. Um, most people win where they probably should have been for the their assigned position, but um, Lucas Nemecha seemed to be pretty much on the same point as, as Savile. Um, so he seems to be kind of operating a little bit deeper than where he should be um, if he's just kind of wanting the ball. So he's, he's, he's kind of coming back to get it. But 
Um, they were kind of getting each other's way there, and it, it didn't quite work as effectively. And uh, you know, it's he got to off in the end anyway. Um, yesterday, what Chris said last last podcast about like the positioning of of Lucas Matcher that maybe he needs to he needs to form a, a partnership with um, Fletcher. Yeah. And you know, whenever Fletcher comes short, he'll, you know, it, it just needs to he needs to get more games under his belt. I think Lucas Matcher. Yeah. Games yep. is just it's going to be something that's going to become quick and fast um, over the next period or so. Um, but in terms of Patrick Roberts, um, we found out in the middle of the week that he's out for six to eight weeks. How much of a, a blow is it to to lose Patrick Roberts? Because every time I've seen him, even for Celtic, um, when he played for Fulham, when he first came on the scene as well, um, and now for us as well, he just looks like a magician. And I've said it so many times, but I think he's going to be a, such a big miss. Um, and I think he's how much how many years has he got left on his contract at Man City? I'll probably have to look uh, when I ask you the question. But how much of a miss do you think Patrick Roberts is to Jonathan Woodgate's plans? I think it, it's huge. Um, the whole reason of getting him in was to kind of fill that gap and and kind of put the the final piece of the jigsaw together, really. Um, so it's a, it's going to be a real shame. Um, obviously, that was kind of forced the move of of bringing in um, Ravel Morrison as well. Because um, six to eight weeks, it might not seem like a long time, but we'll be almost, you know, so at eleven April, championship April, games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's disappointing because when you get someone alone for the, you know, the second half of the season, you want him to be trying to play as much as possible. Because by the time he he does play, he's gonna have you know three, maybe three, four more games. Then three. it's like, okay, you're going back now. So mm. yeah, it's unfortunate he has been known to have the sort of um, the injuries throughout his career. So. Um, I hope it doesn't go down that route because there's, there's so many talented players that's happened to in the past where they're just plagued by injuries and it's yeah. unfortunate. I was gutted when he went off um, in the Birmingham game because he's the type of player that you love to watch. Yeah. Just the way that he plays, the low centre of gravity, the agility, the ability to, to beat a man with ease. It's it's the type of player that football fans love. Yeah. It's, you know, the way that he moves with the ball is is, is like messy in a way. Um, not saying that he's obviously at the same level as, as Messi, who is Patrick's but, me- Patrick Messi. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the 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 low rent version of Messi, <laughs> the way that he, that, he, that he runs with the ball. But I felt we were missing him yesterday. Um, and to answer your question, when does the contract run out? It runs out in the summer. It, are you sure? It says twenty twenty on transfer market. Ah, well. So I looked at it as well, and I've seen Manchester City's website. It's on the thirtieth of May, twenty nineteen. Um, has signed a two-year extension mm. to 2022. Well, then, hopefully, ah. that, that, that's probably better for Boyle, though, if we can get him on loan again next season. But I'm worried that Celtic will try to snap him up. I think so. Um, but it's just more or less of what the player wants to do. Like, not being for, no disrespect to Celtic in the Scottish League, but it is a farmer's league. Like, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Like, it, there's a reason why players who play in the SPL and then go to Division One and Division Two teams, there's not many players that can really, well, apart from like maybe like Van Dijk and there's there's there is like the odd few who are oh, very yeah, very good. Yeah. But then the majority of them, like, like Scott Brown, like he, he could. He could he couldn't even play for Stork him. Like he's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> like never seen out like you. Um, yeah, it, it is a good point though, because like you say, if he wants to, if he wants to make it um, at the highest level, and he, he's not getting the chance, he didn't get the chance in the Premier League for Norwich. Um, the, the next sort of available opportunity to them if he get up there is go with the Championship team and, and come up with them or impress enough in the Championship, say like for Harvey Barnes for example, and then get yeah. your move back there. Um, but yeah, 
uh, he's got to do that. Going to the the SPL won't help. Yeah, you'll go there and you'll win the league with Celtic, but that doesn't doesn't prove That's a lot. That's really the pinnacle so, of it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so you, uh, with Celtic, yeah, you, you've got silverware, but there's a project to buy into in, in for championship teams because you've got that ability to build from being in the championship to, you know, say what Sheffield United have done and what Wolves are doing. You know, it's it's that project that is goes far beyond. Yeah, probably he, like silverware. Yeah, he's he's definitely a player we have to try and get in the summer. Um, if it's even if it's on a permanent or back on another loan deal, but you've also got the competition um, of the pe- the teams that come down. It's it's very tight in the Premier League this year. You know, if you've got the likes of Bournemouth coming down, you've got I think Norwich are pretty certain to come down as well, and you could say potentially West Ham as well. Um, it, you just don't really know Aston Villa in there, so like there's some massive clubs that could potentially come down, and. It could be very difficult for Borough to even compete with the wage bracket, um, but also like just the vision of getting back in the Premier League. Because I think Mills were a couple of years off. Um, obviously, today, yesterday's draw it meant that Mills have won eight games out of thirty. Um, when you put it like that, and you say, "Well, that's not good enough," and for me, that isn't. I think, but when you look, there's a different perspective where you say, "Oh well, we've dropped, we've drawn twelve, so." We've actually run beaten in twenty games, um, but we've only lost ten. So it's like it's how you how you potentially see it. But I think if you've got mm. a project, um, which Millsborough come on come on to, and I'll probably come on to it now. To be fair, um, as we talk about transfer business and that, and that Millsborough plan, what Jonathan Walker wants to do. Um, but in terms of the transfer business itself, um, Middlesbrough obviously brought in five players in this transfer window: um, Lemetcha, Roberts, uh, Dejan Stojanovic, Harold Makudi. And also Ravel Morrison. Um, Ravel Morrison is the one I want to talk about probably the most. But are you guys happy with Borough's business, um, especially transfer deadline day as well? Like we get two over the line as well. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm quite happy with it to be honest. I think um, compared to previous tra- um, transfer windows, I think we've kind of, you know, maybe apart from cover for Spence at right back, I think we've plugged most of the gaps we needed to. Obviously. We've lost one already um, through injury, but I think the positions which we needed to strengthen in, we we have. Um, so a lot of them are kind of low risk as well. Obviously, four are loan deals um, for players who I guess all need to kind of prove themselves for different reasons. Um, and then you know a goalkeeper um, for one million pounds is is, not, is is I guess is kind of low risk as well because you you need three goalkeepers going forward, and I think you need someone else other than Thomas Mayer. I think. Obviously, with Thomas Mayas coming back in the summer, it was kind of he's familiar with the club. He's came back. He's probably doing something where he's doing something else on the side, perhaps for, for coaching and stuff as well, and and kind of coming and doing things like that. So, um, but I think yeah, um, overall, I'm happy with the the window compared to a lot of the previous ones. Don't happy? Yeah, I'd agree. I think good point about the the right back cover. I don't know who would play right back or right wing back um, in place of Spence. You could potentially put House in there. I think it probably would be House. It's a different type of proposition, but I think he's more than capable of doing the attacking and defending side. He obviously just doesn't have the... If he makes a mistake, which is um, possibly not as as many times as he might do it as Spence, he, he doesn't have the recovery um that Spence has so yeah, he, he, yeah. he lacks the pace yeah I mean I suppose there's a Ryan Shotton as well which if you want to play a flat back fall then you've got the the option of Shotton at, at right back but yeah it's different because Spence is is a different type of player completely isn't he you know he's got that pace he's a proper wing back and we just don't have another replacement for that or, or a backup option so that's probably the only issue I think with the transfer window but all in all pretty pretty happy with it so I <laughs> 
He's surprised that people are unhappy with it. I have seen quite a lot of tweets. And when we put one out as well, there was quite a lot of people saying, no, what's the point of buying four lawn players? There's absolutely no point. We're worse off. And, uh, <laughs> and like, we're saying, oh, well, why aren't we signing more and more players? Like, I'm not being to, funny. I but think like, you have to be realistic, don't you? In, in the January transfer window, we, we've said it loads. It's it's a hard window to negotiate, and there's not a lot of um, permanent deals going through because players are usually happy at the clubs and, um, you know, contract situation. So it's mainly, if you if you looked at it across, even across the whole um, of Europe or the whole of the world, most of the transfers that go through are probably loans because you see how it is for the, the second half of the season and then you can, some of them might have clauses in where it's a view to make it permanent, whether it's obligatory or not. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like there's not many deals that go through for, for a lot of money. Um, the Premier League hardly had any really. There was a couple. There was, mm. what, Steven Bergwijn, um, Jared Bowen um, and maybe Gedson Fernandes and you know the, and uh, Bruno Fernandes as well there wasn't a lot of like permanent main deals mm. that went through so I'll tell you what's surprising like Jared Bowen went to West Ham he went, he's on like 60 didn't he he said he wanted like 70 grand a week or something and then like if they go if West Ham got relegated it got halved and he was like well nah I'm on 70 grand uh, a week and that's it and I was like what makes you entitled to have like seventy grand a week? Like you've done nothing. Like mm. you, you've played for Hull. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a fair like, point. You, yeah. you haven't done anything. I uh, was just surprised by the move anyway, because West Ham. I mean, West Ham. Like, yeah. what's the point? Especially when it was almost certain that he was going to go to Palace the night before, and then it changed to West Ham. And yeah, couldn't believe it, but. It's uh, money talks, I guess. You don't want to do a John Hugo and say, I can't wait and play. <laughs> can't wait to walk out from all the <laughs> Come on, you minds. Oh, uh, poor John Hugo. Doing well, though. Keep your half up like him. But the two transfers we brought in, I'm going to talk about the outgoings as well. I appreciate you probably won't have much info on it. But um, the two signs we brought in, Harold Bakudi from St. Etienne, centre-half, someone we've been looking at, looking at for a while. That's strong. Centre half, exactly what we needed, essentially. Option to buy as well in the season. Is there? There is indeed. Him and Ravel Morrison. Ravel Morrison. Are you sure? Yeah, Ravel Morrison. Because I, I read sure? that uh, St. Etienne won a... Oh, wow. Because like, he signed him on a free from... Oh, who was it? I can't remember. Oh. From another French team. Graham Bailey is and, chatting. Then. Well, Le Keep said there's no option to buy. They want to sell him on for a higher fee, so it's similar to what Brentford have done, I okay. guess, bringing in players for low minimal, like, free transfers and then selling them cause on. I because he is only still young so it wouldn't yeah, it would make sense for them to want to bring him back um, but just have him get some games under his belt now, so. Yeah, he was the subject of a 12.8 million bid or something like that from an unnamed English club at the end of the last year, so. Can't see him. Think good signing or shrewd signing? It's one of them. I, I didn't know much about him. I don't even know if he played in the game against us. He did, did he? Yeah, did he? he did. Okay. Um, yeah. So fair enough. It's it's kind of it's one of them. He, he he's got something to prove. He's a young player as well, like um, Roberts in the Mecha. Um, obviously, we need um, a centre back with the injury troubles we have. Um, I looked up. He's, he's six foot three. He like you said, he, he's quite physical. Um, so I guess it kind of fills that void of what we've been missing with Ayala. I think we haven't been good at dealing with. Um, balls in the box and, and aerial things because I, I think McNair and Housen are good at playing out from the back but I think that's what they lack in playing those positions So I did do a bit of reading on him he does seem like a a player that is confident with a ball at his feet which is what we seem to be wanting yeah. you know we've got Housen um, playing there not because he obviously wants to be playing there but 
the general direction of where Woodgate wants to go is, you know, f- defenders that can play the ball along the floor. That's why he didn't keep Aidan Flint because Aidan Flint is not a type of player that can play the ball with his feet. So um, I did a little bit of reading on him and, and he's, like I said, more than comfortable on the ball. Um, you'll see him drop into midfield a little bit, well, come into midfield a little bit to supply the, the forward line. Um, physical, both in the box, um, defending corners and, and attacking corners and just seems to have, you know... A, a championship look to him because of his physicality. I think he'll be perfect for this division. And um, West Brom were after him, Leeds were after him, Derby were after him, Stoke as well, Villa. Um, were, you know, were linked with him quite heavily at one point. So he seems like a really promising talent. I just hope that he can get into the swing of things really quickly because we do need a, a defender quite desperately. Mm, fair enough. And second one, Ravel Morrison, his ninth club um, in six years. Is it? Yeah, ninth club in six years. Now, I put the tweet out about him saying that I think it's a wonderful talent and I think it's going to be a good signing for us and some people disagree, some people will be like, oh, well, it's pretty pointless signing, but I think we've got him on to the end of the season. He's out contracting the summer as well, so I think this is an audition for Ravel Morrison to really kickstart his career again. Um, what do you think of the signing? We is happy with it? We are not happy with it? Do you think he's he's going to bring some excitement? Because he does have the ability. He is, when I've watched every time I've watched him, I think... Mm. He's got everything. He's got everything to be a really successful footballer. I think, obviously, there's a lot of personal things that's went on in his life to to see, obviously, become a bit of a journeyman. Um, but what do you think? Are you, are you happy with it? I'm intrigued by it because okay. I understand the reservations because this is a player who has totaled up 11 clubs at the age of 27. And when I looked into his career, he hasn't amassed more than 30 appearances for any of the 10 clubs that have preceded Borough. And Woodgate has a massive job on his hands to try and get something out of Ravel Morrison that many other managers have failed to do. I think he had a good spell at West Ham, but it just didn't, it wasn't a a long-term success. But like you said, Johnny, there's no doubt in his talent, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson said that he's the best kid you'll see at at the age that he was when he was in Man United's academy. He said that he was better than Wayne Rooney at, at his age and... He's just lost his way, you know, he's 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 had his problems off the field and I think if anyone's going to try and iron that out, it's Woodgate because he's had, he's had that himself. But obviously you've got to be sceptical because it's, he's been at many, many clubs and it just hasn't happened. Um, and probably the the, <laughs> the bit that, um, the quote that I read that <clears throat> um, kind of epitomises him a little bit <clears throat> is, um, oh my God, my voice, what's going on? Very what, what, what What's going on today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um it was from David Priest, who worked with him at Ostersons, and he said basically that getting the best out of Ravel Morrison is like doing a Rubik's Cube blindfolded, <laughs> which was, I think, a perfect quote to, to sum him up, really. But I'm, I'm interested and I'm intrigued, but, you know, I won't hold my breath. Mm, this is his last chance, I think. This is last, his last chance. And uh, probably out of all the clubs he's been at as well, I think he's been giving it in... Um, maybe not in in Osterans, for example, um, but some of the other clubs he's been at, you think, wow, that's a, a really good move and, and really big clubs. But I think dropping down to the championship, I think you've got to really dig in. It's not, you know, there's no glamour in the championship. You come into to a club where we're kind of in a, a big transition phase ourselves um, and we're trying to prove ourselves that now that we're, we're trying to change tack in, in everything that we're doing as a club. So... Um, he kind of fits that same mold. So he's got to knuckle down and just you know you're not at the likes of Lazio anymore and Man United and and stuff. So um, yeah, it'll be be quite good. I, I'm happy with the signing overall, though. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah, it's kind of like the eye of the tiger thing, isn't it? Really, he's just got to like, grit it out. Essentially, like the championship, like you said, the championship is relentless. And you know what? If if he really if he does well in the next sixteen games, then <coughs> fair play to him. Like, I, honestly, I really want it to succeed. I think he's got Me too. he's got all the talent in the world. Chris Wilder said he's he's been really good, but just um, the other centre midfielders at Sheffield United has been excellent this season. That's why he hasn't made it into the team. So well, you, yeah, can't, you can't argue with that, it. can you? You can't you can't so. argue with it. So. You look, he's signed a one-year deal there. He's out contract in the summer. It's it's a free hit for him, and it's a free hit for Woodgate as well to say like, get him to know the club, get him to know the area, and if if he's a success, he's a success, and I think he'll bring the spark that Roberts obviously was starting to. I think he, I think Robert Morrison will probably do something very similar. He's creative, has good flicks. I remember it when he played um, against Bor- uh for QPR, and he was absolutely brilliant that day. Um, is that when um, Neil Warnock was the gaffer? Bottle top gate when Dimmy tried to clear that ball. No, I think it was like I think their beat was two. I think it was with the year QPR got promoted. Um, yeah, I think it was three. I think it was three one. I think the score, but mm. it was. Um, he's a, honestly he's, he's brilliant, and I, honestly, I really really hope as well. Really hope. Yeah, I think too. I think what obviously when people um, kind of give the first opinion of it when it happened. Um, uh, and you know that they're of the opinion that you know he's he's got a bad attitude. He's a bad egg. He's going to influence. And I think okay, these things might have happened in the past, and and no one knows the, the full extent to maybe what's happened unless you're maybe a, a fan of that club, um, and you you know you itk or whatever. But it's it's kind of you know he's not going to walk in the dressing room and just start slagging everyone off as easy. It's not like he's going to come in to personally alienate himself from everyone. He, he's obviously. Going to try and come in and, and make friends and, and be a nice person. I don't think he sets out to personally do it. I think obviously there's probably just been disagreements with managers and stuff, and then it gets blown out of proportion in the press. Um, so I think you, you've got to give him a chance. You can't just be like, oh, if he comes in, that that means everyone in the club's going to turn bad and they're all they're all going to turn <laughs> on Woodgate. Like it's the it's, plague or something. Yeah, like it, Ravel Morrison's not the plague. He's yeah, just exactly. a player that is yeah. being mixed with the wrong crowd and is he's had yeah. a bad childhood. And you know he, he's 27 now. I just hope that. And doing a little bit more reading on him, apparently Spell Austin's humbled him a little bit, and I am intrigued to see how he how he fares at Borough. Um, and it, I was mean, it, was it was it Austin's before he went to Sheffield United? Was yeah, it? yeah, okay. yeah. He always signed a short term contract with him, and then he got his move. To is that the same Sheffield. club that the the other Borough lad is is at? Um, Curtis Edwards is. Yeah, I couldn't remember there, his yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, and then the Brighton manager was that before he went to Swansea. Can't remember his name. Graham Potter. A lot of, Graham Potter, a lot of yeah, English links there, isn't it? Mm. That's Yes, I mean, Con Ripley was there as well at one point. We loaned him to Austersons. Yeah. Um, but, if, I mean, I don't understand... I understand the reservations. I don't understand if there is an uproar about it because it's a short-term move. You know, it's not going to harm... Yeah, if we signed him for, like, four million, it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. that's a bit... That's I, I don't understand people, it yeah. there, but it's it's a short-term move. It doesn't If it doesn't work out, fair enough. You know, we'll send him on his way back to Sheffield United and that'll be it. That mm. that'll literally be it. So it's it's no big deal if it doesn't work out. But I am really rooting for him. I, I hope that he does well. Yeah, he's had an interesting career. Was, uh, do you know when he left Manchester United? It was the time when um, Sir Alex Ferguson was playing like Fabio and um, Rafa, Rafael in midfield, like over <laughs> over like Morrison and Pogba. And then Pogba Crazy. went, "Oh, I'm gonna go." And then he he went to go to Juventus. And then Morrison was just like, "Well, I'm gonna do exactly the same." And then went to West Ham. Have you read the, like the the deal? What uh, Manchester United signed West Ham? So every time Ravel Morrison played for West Ham, <laughs> they had to pay Manchester United twenty five grand per appearance. Maybe. So then obviously he got he obviously didn't last very long either. Then Sam Allardyce got a couple of stories about him 
but then he moved to like Lazio and just you know this went up and down and went obviously played in Mexico as well which is again like it's not not a farmers league <laughs> so it's like it's it's a that be a relentless and passionate league than in any other league but it's just not as coverage as as uh, mm-hmm. say the championships championship is but I think it's a good signing and I think I hope he proves a lot of people wrong so I can just retweet my tweet at the end of the season and be you know what and be spiteful because yes I am I am that pay I am that pay yeah you are I am. You know what? I am. I love him. Um, I do get you though. I, I do really want him to do well because it seems as though everyone is expecting him to fail, and it's it's a shame. But it, that's just how his career has panned out. Mm. That's just how it's gone, and yeah. um, there's no getting away from that. He should be in his prime right now, and unfortunately, he's he's not been getting a game. But you know what? Will get said is that he can give him a platform. That's all he can really do. It's the only person that can get the best out of Ravel Morrison is Ravel Morrison. Mm. And hopefully we'll see him show his talents because he's no doubt a, a, a big talent. Oh, absolutely. Um, but in terms of outgoings, um, I'm not going to really touch on Ben Little, Steve Ward, Conor Malley, Isaiah Jones um, much. And obviously Patrick Redding moving to Stephen is on a permanent, but we will talk talk about it. But I want to talk about the outgoings so far. Marcus Brown, um, he scored two, against, two again yesterday, man of the match for Oxford. Um, he's starting to hit form again. Um, it's it's only a positive really that uh, Max Brown's doing really well at Oxford, isn't it? Yeah, I mean League One at the moment is his level. Um, <laughs> we can try and make him seem like he's he's a better player than that, but at the at the moment, at present, that's his level, and we've got to try and make it so that he is a Championship level player. And the only way that he will become a Championship level player is if he gets game time under his belt. Um, so this this loan at Oxford, you know, a team that he. He was playing well at last season. It'll only do him good. Mm. He's surprised, Elliot, to see his, his hot run of form, the luck you gave me there. You're like, huh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hadn't been keeping up um, with him, to be honest. Obviously, I know he scored just after he left as well, but you know, two more goals as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I wish he could have done it for us. But like you say, it can only be, it can only be a good thing, really, um, when you want players going out on loan um, of, of any age. If you know, it's kind of all like the short-term deals we've signed where they're probably going to go back to their respective clubs. Um, you know, you, everyone wants the loan deals to go well. That's why it's it's benefiting the club that's loaning them out as well, um, as well as they're going into. So it's helping Oxford out. Um, but at the same time, he's he's got a permanent contract with us. So hopefully he comes back in the summer and he, he has another crack at it because um, it, it didn't work out to begin with. But um, getting confidence and games back under your belt will help. So. He does have the raw talent. It's just his disciplinary is, is bad. Mm. He's just got a hot head. Yeah, well, you never know. Going back to Oxford might humble him as well. Mm. Um, but the other outgoings as well: Ben Little um, <coughs> going to Scunthorpe, Steve Water going to Crew, Conor Malley going to Air, and um, Isaiah Jones going to St Johnston as well. Um, it's only good things, really. You know, they get they get in league football. They, uh, need, they needed to, especially um, Ben Little and, and Steve Walker, who've had, have had first yeah, team opportunities this season. Um, as, with the signings we've just made, now they're not going to get as many opportunities so um, because there's obviously more players in the squad now so yeah hopefully they, they get as much game time as possible and it's uh, they sort of learn and, and grow yeah I'm interested mm. to see if uh, Steve Wood get, uh, Steve Wood Steve Walker Steve Walker gets into Crew's team because I honestly thought they were just mid-table in League 2 but it turns out they're third so they're, they're challenging for promotion and um, I think they've got Chris Potter or something up front I don't know what their their options are like. Chris Potter. I know that's a. I'm trying to think of who he used to play for. 
No, I'm thinking of another part of the Eastworth right well, I, d- I do S- feel as though he's, he's played the... I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, David. <laughs> sorry. But no, I, I've, I'm interested because he went to MK Don's last season and they were challenging for promotion and he didn't really get a sniff. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a game. Mm, he, he needs to like, put a few pounds to to well deal with some of the League 1, League 2 defenders. Well, there must, fair, there like. must have been... I mean, he didn't... Um, set the world alight when when we did play crew in the cup, but they must have liked what the, the scene about. I thought he I'd probably out of the games he did play this season was only a handful. Um, I thought he played all right in it. To be honest, he you know the game overall was was poor from Boris' perspective, but um, I thought he was quite lively in the first half. So to them, it's low risk again. But we, I think it was ever kind of in charge of that or whether we'll get overseas it. Um, no, you want to kind of make sure if it's been ten games, if he hasn't had a, a look in at all, you got to think, well, maybe get in touch um, with Crew and say, you know, are you, are you going to actually give him a chance in one game at least? But um, yeah, I think he has to be playing off someone. I don't think he has the the he physicality. Can't leave, yeah, the to, yeah, line, no, no chance. But you know, if there's a if Chris Potter is the number one striker at Crew, you know, hopefully he gets a chance to play off him in a slightly. Um, deeper role but we'll say I mean he's got talent he's he's technically really good he just needs a run of games like a lot of the, the mm. players in our team a lot of the youngsters yeah um, Patrick Redden as well going to Stevenage uh, Dan I know you were a little bit of a fan of yeah. uh, Patrick Redden here was that a permanent when he said permanent, permanent deal, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that permanent deal um, so I won't really say you're surprised I don't, I don't think I don't surprise the best bit. word I was a little bit I mean Patrick Robert, uh, Patrick Redden to me was what Chad Spencer's to you. Mm. I was proper rooting for him, but I don't know whether he just saw his opportunity to kick on. That's probably mm. it. Best for all parties, mm. but I did because he impressed in pre-season, so I was I was a bit mm. surprised about it. But it's one it's one of those where Hayden Coulson's came through this year. You've brought in Mark Baller as well, George Friends still at the club. His chance is going to be quite limited, that and obviously Johnson's true. playing there as well. So there's a lot of players in front of him, and you get he's getting to an age where he probably needs to start playing more. More senior football, to be honest. Yeah, um, how, how old football. was he? What? How old was he? Was he? I think about twenty, maybe. Twenty. Twenty-one. Yeah, I think he's twenty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, he's got under twenty-one in so. But even when you hit, even when you hit in eighteen, nineteen, you see, you need to start looking for the opportunities to get out there on loan because um, that's where you're. That's going to where you're, you're going to accelerate your career. Um, like Jordan Sancho, he, he didn't want to be um, just a bit part player and playing in the twenty-threes. He wanted to show, showcase his skills and now it's paying off in the Bundesliga where I think he's the top top assister in the whole five divisions 12 assists and 12 goals this season for Dortmund so what can you say you know if you've got if you've got the balls to do it then go for it I mean, he's only 20 as well is he Man, no he's younger than that was he 19 maybe 19 incredible it's absolutely insane that <laughs> it it's is, absolutely yeah. insane um, but you know obviously moving on from that uh, obviously, the, the breaking news from mid- in the middle of the week: um, Tavernius signed a three and a half year contract. Um, it's a massive boost, though, isn't it? Um, that Tabs actually decided to to stay at the Buddha. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the season, we probably didn't maybe see that coming because he wasn't really getting into the team. We were kind of um, thinking, you know, he definitely needs to to make a change in his game if he if he wants to remain at the club because um, he was kind of on a bit of a downward trajectory. But um, yeah. It, it, it's great to see for because I think next season um, we'll, we'll be definitely building around Tav and, and some of the other young lads in the team. So I think uh, positive news for Borough. 
Jed Spence next, hopefully. Mm, well, we'll get say that he's got 18 months left, wasn't he? Mm. Him and pairs. So yeah, he, he also did say that they're close to signing extensions. So yeah, um, so we'll with, see. with the extensions as well, you've you've got House and Ayala and Johnson <laughs> that are pretty much left. Um, have I missed anyone there? No, don't think so. No. no. Um, who do you think is the most important to tie down out of those three? Um, obviously, I, I know family is probably aren't going to say Johnson. So um, <laughs> how did you guess? <laughs> how, how, I guess how dare you, name off? How, how would you guess that, Johnny? Uh, Housen or Ayala, who's more important to you? Oh, that's a difficult one. Housen. See, I was thinking initially Housen, but defensively, for me, you need Ayala. I think both I of think, them I think you need we should. Ayala. I think Johnson you can maybe do without. I think that, you know, with the players we're going to build around next season, I think we're going to need to have another good transfer window and bring in a lot of players because obviously the four that we've loaned in, they're going to go back as well. Um, I think you can get better quality and a and a sort of um a better age than Marvin Johnson. I'm not saying he's a um disastrous player. He's kind of average he, he, you know, he's he's actually turned into a, a, an alright championship player when we first got him. It was kind of is he gonna adjust from League One to the championship? Um he's done okay, he's had some some good games, some bad games. Um, but I think overall he's getting to maybe twenty eight, twenty nine now and you think, well, if you um if you're bringing in players like Patrick Roberts, Lucas Nemecha and and other players like that, and they're, prob- they're going to be better in my eyes long term for the club. Mm. So. I think we're in a good position, really. Um, I think with Housen and Ayala, I, I would prefer to keep Housen. Um, I think with Ayala, it- I think Mills were in a much better position than him because he's on he's on big money. Like he, he will still be on a Premier League wage. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think just people forget about it because he's he's been at the club for such a long time and he deserved the contract that he got uh, for when we went to the Premier League. Um, but if he wants to go, like, oh, by all means, I'd probably let him go. Um, the thing is, there's so many players that are out of contract now and so many t- players that don't have clubs. Yes, he might have a couple of suitors, but his injury track record isn't... It's not that great, to be fair. He always takes a break in February um, and around Christmas time as well. So, for me, it's... Uh, I don't think Ayala is going to have many suitors, but I think he will have a couple. Um, and I don't, but I don't think any of the any of the clubs will pay the wage that he's currently on. That's why. That's why he might not get a move. So, and it might just make sense for all parties so, that, he, that he stays. Um, I, I, I disagree. I, I feel like a lot of people, a lot of teams, will look at Ayala as a top centre half that is is game promotion. Um, off the back of a very good defensive campaign at which he was at the heart of. So. I think he will have many suitors. Um, I think any team in the championship would want a player like Daniel Ayala. He's got the experience, he's got the leadership, and he's he's got the ability as well. But wages, yeah, that's probably you know a, a key factor of it. The only other sticking point is, like you were saying, where Woodgate's wanting to go with you know the way with signing Makudi is is Ayala, does Ayala fit that mould of that type of player? But I think. Having one player where maybe doesn't fit that mould isn't disastrous, especially if you're playing a back three and he's the central um, defender. If he's playing centre and then you have, um, maybe it's not Harold McGoody next season, but Fry on one side and a left-footed centre-half on the other as like kind of the ball-playing defenders and you have him in almost like a, a sweeper position yeah. and um, when it comes to set-pieces, you have Ayala, then I think it'll definitely benefit the club. And I think having just his, his leadership qualities and, and everything around the club and the fact that he, he loves the area, he doesn't really want to move will, will only add to um, sort of beneficial factors if we're if we're challenging somewhere next year. So um 
Mm. Yeah, I, I think it. Both both players, I think we should offer new deals to. Um, if it comes down to that, we can. I, I don't know what the money situation is. If it comes down to that, you know, um, it's one or the other. I'd, I'd probably favour House and Just, but I think both of them we should definitely try and get new contracts for. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, House is a utility man. Mr. Yeah. Versatile, he could probably play in goal. So. Yeah, if Ernst Pears and Dejan Jovanovic, Dejan, Dejan Jovanovic, let's 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 try it one game. We'll we'll purposely Sad. try and see if someone can get uh, sent off, and then we'll because normally you would feel the centre going goal, don't they? When someone gets sent off, I don't know why that always is, but mm. we'll try housing in goal, see how it goes. Why don't Hurricane. we? Why don't we <laughs> bring Brad Guzan back for like one game, get him sent off? And then we put Johnny Olsen in goal. <laughs> the stuff remember of the, dreams. Remember the Borough fans were, were shouting off. <laughs> yeah. That was <laughs> funny Brad as... That was incredible. That was the pinnacle of the the Bantam decade. Just oh, amazing. Borough fans chanting your own goalkeeper and be off for a challenge. Like, the, poor, like, the poor bloke, man. Like, you imagine, like... Ah, oh, he was pro- he was probably a professional as well, like uh, a oh, really yeah. good professional. Yeah, and yeah. everyone just everyone just hated him. I think I don't know why though. Because like, he was shit. I mean, yeah, he got I mean, megged three times at Chelsea. Yeah, three times. To be fair, like I can't complain. Like I think I'd probably get megged three times at Chelsea. Like <laughs> if I was, I'd probably get dinked as well because I'm about five foot nothing. So because <laughs> obviously, like for the USA, he's like the number one keeper. He like he's the keeper for a country of three hundred million people. Yet he wasn't good enough for Borough. <laughs> <laughs> he's re- he's doing really well at um, Atlanta as well. It's weird mm. or oh, Atlanta. Let's see what what. Are... Come on, Brad. You know you know what I mean. Like that woman that said you mint, she wants you back. Yeah, I don't think anyone else. Grandma I don't think anyone else wants you back, but she does. So because <laughs> she's seen you once and she thinks you mint. Uh, <laughs> um, but moving on to Brentford and predictions. The one-five-one yesterday against Hull. They look absolutely brilliant this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow sneaked into the top two and got promoted as well. Um, but you guys have probably done your research, and I'll pass the mic over to you. Uh, yeah, so I've got a, sort of a bit on them, um, really. So I was looking at the sort of formations um, that they play. They have, they have tried a, a 3-4-3 this season, obviously, with Dallas Guard and, and Rico Henry's wing-backs, but uh, they favour the 4-3-3 more. Um, I think it probably suits them better with the, um, for the Palance because um, Saeed Benrahma and uh, Amo are not, not really going to be tracking back um, too often, um, but that attack for them is is lethal really um, this season. They started off they started off quite slow. Yeah, um, I remember we, that. And yeah. we were kind of thinking, okay, because they, they beat us, and we we thought, okay, maybe they're gonna they're gonna do well. And they started off quite slow. They were in the bottom half, and then they've just went on a a run of form which was just incredible. And um, I think they've, what, they've put five past Hull, they put six, was it past Luton and. Um, not hard to do that, to be fair. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> we'll see in two weeks <laughs> if we're okay. a can. 1-0 Luton. Yeah, um, but no, um, Ollie Watkins, 19 goals, joint top scorer with Mitrovic, um, Mbwemo, 11 goals, uh, Ben Rama, 8. Um, but yeah, the, the team overall, when you look at it, um, they've got you know the players who they signed in the summer are starting to come into their own, plus players that signed up who are quite experienced. So you've got Potnus Janssen in there, um, Dallas Garden, Rico Henry, as I mentioned, is right and left back. Ethan Pinnock, centre back, um, signed from League One, and he's made a step up. Um, Josh De Silva, he's got six goals as well from midfield. Free transfer that from Arsenal. Free transfer from Arsenal. You, you know some of the some of the other deals you'll see, like Matthias Jensen, I think two million was it from a Norwegian club. Um, 
Christian Norgard um, as well. I think I'd, I think he might have been there not this not this summer, but he's been there a year before that at least. Umbuwe um, more Watkins and Ben Rama, but even after that, you've got Sergi Canos and Emilio Marcondes as well. Um, and I think Marcondes does he the guy that scored against us earlier in the season? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he was playing that game. So um, yeah, I think it's going to be very tough for Borough to. To hold back them because when they get going them three, it's just like the the flying V formation from Mighty Ducks. It's like you, you just can't, <laughs> you just can't stop it. So um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very difficult to deal with the the way they play. Um, they're very direct and, and fluid when moving forward. So yeah, they do have a team that I think any any fan in the championship would would be envious of. And and just before I get into like the statistics and whatnot. I have to admit I'm I'm very admirable of of Brentford because there's not a lot of teams that you know I'll I'll praise the the actual club. Um, we come on here and we praise the the team and the the players, but Brentford as a club I think are, are just an admirable team. I think their fan base is you know they've got brilliant supporters, really nice down to earth supporters, and they're just a team that that you, you would love to watch. Um, you know some really good technically gifted players and. You know, if they if they went up, good luck to them because you know get from a new stadium as well soon. Yeah, aren't they, yeah, so? exactly. They're, they're a team that are obviously on the up, and you know the, the progression that they've had since we we first met them under Italka Ranka and they had Mark Warburton. Just brilliant, you know. They, they have a, a clear yeah, planning. They, they, they were League One for a lot of years, weren't yeah, they? they were, um, yeah. And them coming up, I think, with them having local rivals as Fulham and Chelsea and, and all the other clubs in London. Um, they had to be very smart. You're not going to be able to compete in the same levels they are. They're probably one of the smallest clubs in um, in London. You think how many are above them in, just in those two divisions. Um, yeah, they have to be smart about how they do the transfers and how they identify themselves as a club. So Yeah, and they, they, have, they have been smart with their transfers. It's like we were saying earlier that you know, Brentford are the, uh, the type of team that will take in these hidden gems, if you like, and turn them into you know £20 million players like Neil Mopé, for example. So... They're, they're a brilliant team, and one of their star players is is say Ben Rama. who got a hat trick in the last game against Hull. Um, he really is their star man. Well, to be fair, there's a few star men for them, but um, more shots per game he's got out of um, the players that that they have at their disposal. More dribbles per game as well. Two point three key passes per game. Only three players um, in the championship have more than that. Um, players left wing, he's, he's going to be a, a potent threat for us throughout the the majority of the game. Won't be surprised if he scores, honestly, but. Um, I think he was linked with Villa, wasn't he? Yeah, he that, was, that yeah. might have been actually yeah. why their form at the beginning of the season wasn't so good because obviously they well, lost more pair. I would say a few of the players as well were, yeah. were linked with moves away, weren't they? I, I'm quite surprised they managed to keep all of Ollie Watkins as well in this yeah, January transfer window. So yeah, I think I think eventually Ben Rama decided to stay, or well, but he, he did stay, hence why he's here now. But um, Aston Villa, I think, were were close to signing him at one point. So I think that's probably why their form at the beginning of the season wasn't so good. But now that they've obviously got a settled team, they're, they're doing really well. But as for just their general style of play, they they, they like to starve possession from the opposition. They average uh, 55.8% possession. And at games, their passing accuracy average is 80.1%. Um, they average 14.4 shots per game. Um, delving into that a little bit deeper, their shots on target per game average is 4.9. Uh, 
They've got the second most um, goals in the league with 49. You mentioned Dolly Watkins, um, joint highest goal scorer in the championship on 19 with Mitrovic. And they've actually um, conceded the least amount of shots per game, 8.8. Right. And head-to-head, two Brentford wins, two Borough wins, two draws. Hey, I tell you what, it was so much easier when we used to just go on, when we, we were playing Brentford and you just knew it was going to be three points. Yeah, that, that season where we beat I them four times, it was like, yeah, it I was just kind of, Brentford will beat them. But, but now, that, that's yeah. the progression of them, though, because yeah, yeah. they've gone from a team that we just used to have an easy win over. Steamroll, you know. yeah. Yeah, you just, you just right, Brentford, yeah, we're going to win. And now they've become such a tough opponent that we're probably now thinking, yeah, Brentford are going to win. So... <laughs> So, <laughs> with all that in mind, <laughs> um, but I would say Brentford, they do remind me, I don't know if you remember it, but the Swansea team that got promoted under Brendan Rodgers, I think it was 2011, 2012, um, passed the ball around beautifully, Bournemouth as well when they got promoted, there's always that one or two teams that play wonderful football and they, they just get into the Premier League and then just try and set the world alight, so it'd be interesting to see how they do it, um, if they do get promoted, but... Yeah, for me, it's West Brom and Leeds to to bottle really, and they're both starting to bottle it, and it's, it's great. The, crazy for, the form of that well. top two is I don't know how. How, how are they still in the top two? Uh, yeah. That's what I want to know. They were both about ten points clear. Mm. I can't believe it. So the championship, it's a relentless, relentless league. Um, but you know, it's there's sixteen games left. Anything can happen. Borough going to win the league. In terms of Borough, <laughs> I think we're going to be where we are going to finish where we are now. Um, I don't want to go down. Um, and there's nowhere we're going to get nowhere near the playoffs um, I just don't think we're good enough and we've only won eight games all season and we've drawn probably too many um, and to think that if you, if we wanted to get the playoffs now we probably have to win 12 out of the next 16 games to, to really do it that's just the brutal necessity of it um, mm. but in terms of your score predictions guys what are you going to go for? Really not feeling good about this game at all. Um, I wouldn't even say pessimistic. I just think realistic. Yeah, exactly. Um, they just don't do it, but to uh, maybe they're they're <laughs> absolute, <laughs> absolute vodka. But no, they're they're a really really good team, and um, they've just got players that are ten times better than ours. So the stats as that you that you reeled off there don't really stack up in our favour no. as well, do they? So no, not um, not at all. And plus they're at home, so they're going to dominate possession anyway. So I wouldn't expect anything other than. Could a it play in Boris Hansel, Middlesbrough? You know that towards the bottom for possession, but also we're near the top for shortest passes um, to a chance. So we've been quite good at counter attacks as well this year, haven't we? Um, so it could be fact if, if they're leaving too many players forward it, it could help but then at the same time is if we do go with this five at the back formation um our Coulson and Spence Coulson and Spence start um going to be able to deal with that threat of Ben Rama we'll, and I think we'll really struggle if if we play wing backs I think they'll just get in behind us and it'll be similar to the Fulham game where they tore us apart in the first 20-25 minutes I just can't see anything other than a Brentford win so I'd have to say 2-0 okay 2-0 Else? I was going to go 2-0 as well. Ah, all right, okay. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say one. I'm going to say one all. <laughs> yeah, uh, say one. They, they hadn't won in three um, before yesterday. I think they um, obviously lost in the cup to Leicester, uh, lost and drew the, mm-hmm. the two previous league games. So um, now that they're back on winning um, terms, of, you know, coming to them. Now, if you're looking from the Brentford, where they're, where they're third in the league, are they? Um, and they're playing I don't know, I third or fourth. You know, and they're playing a team who was seventeenth. Um, they got to be, they got to be gunning for a, um, a comfortable home win. So, mm. 
fair enough. Just one last question. Are you worried for Hull by any chance? Obviously losing Bowen and Grzycki as well. What, in the relegation? Mm. Well, um, no, because I think Wigan, Luton and Barnes are uh, much worse. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. All right, okay, that wraps things up, guys. Um, as always, give us a like, share and subscribe to the Broad Breakdown channel if you're not already. Um, give us five-star written on the podcast apps. Um, it just helps us get found and helps us get chatted as well um, across the podcast world. Um, but that wraps things up. Elliot, Dana, thank you very much, um, as always. Um, so, Borough go to Brentford um, on Saturday. It could be see, it could, we could see debuts for Ravel Morrison, maybe. We could see a debut for Makudi. Never know, Stjanovic might come in and play. Um, but that's pretty much it. Let's see if we can steamroll Brentford and get back to winning ways. Up the butter breakdown. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.